91.1 Yarra Valley FM, just told 6 o'clock. Uh, don't know the chances of the news coming on. I, I think we've heard enough news today, so we're going to skip it tonight because we've got a very, very special guest on the phone as uh, we sort of spoke about uh, with Peter Schwab and Simon Madden, the massive rivalry that was Essendon and Hawthorne back in the 80s. And, well, this guy's lived through it all. Amazing. I can't wait to pick his brain on all things footy. 250 games, uh, 51 games for the uh, Richmond Footy Club. Then he turned to coaching and coached Bombers for 27 years. In, and what a fantastic career he had there. And we say good evening to Kevin Sheedy. G'day, Sheets. How are you? And uh, hope all's going well in the Yarra Valley. You are, well, it's a bit wet out here tonight, so I mean, it's wet everywhere in Victoria, but um, yeah, I think we might get flooded out. Um, hopefully it's not too bad when I get out of the studio tonight. Well, we've uh, lacked a bit of rain. I'm out close to the valley myself, out in Park Orchard, so... Ah. Uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to a bit of rain. Yes, no, we definitely need it, definitely do. Um, so, no, it's good to have it. Um, now, tell us, uh, Kevin, uh, let's go back to 1980. Well, how far back do you want to go um, with this Hawthorne-Nesson rivalry? Was it 83 um, where it all started, or was there a game before that that you, can you re- remember um, that might have, you know, annoyed you a bit um, as an Nesson person? Look, I, I reckon I played my second or third game against Hawthorne. Yes. At Richmond back in 67. Yes. So I got two cork legs. Right. So it starts so there. That was, a, that was the very start of me saying, <laughs> I think Hawthorne are a little bit ruthless. <laughs> I know. And they need to get a whack back themselves. Okay, so... <laughs> so um, so it started from my playing days, yep. and they were a pretty tough club to them, but you know, weren't bouncing around winning premierships except for 1961. But uh, then 1971, they jumped up with um, another premiership, but a pretty tough club. Yes. And uh, I thought to myself, well, if I ever get out there coaching one day, I know they'll keep coming. And I'm there to get ready for them. But not a lot of people take footy as serious as I do in regard to combating Hawthorne. And it was always going to be on. So, 1983 grand final, um, we'll jump there. They, you, they beat you, and quite well. Um, Simon Madden said um, you probably weren't... You know, the, the team um, was um, enjoying the game, sort of, so, so to speak, and... Um, and it was not until 1984 where you were sort of match-hardened. Um, is that what you can remember from from early on? Well, that's interesting. The way Simon is an absolute superstar player. Yes. So I think he's spot on, you know. We we won a lot of games in 81 and 2. Uh, we won 16 games and we couldn't get past the elimination final. 16 wins normally gets you up in second or first, you know. Uh, by the time we got to there... Uh, 1983, um, Hawthorne were a very professional club and smashed us. So it took another year to get hurt out of the players eventually in the last quarter and a bit. So anyway, at least we got it right and finally won a premiership. Certainly did. Um, what was? Um, do you remember? You, I'm fascinated by this because as a Melbourne supporter, when Melbourne were sort of three goals behind in last year's grand final. I was really, really upset, and I can I can't imagine what Simon Goodwin was thinking or anything. But you guys were four goals down at three quarter time of a grand yeah. final. 
and you end yep. up winning by four. But tell us, what was that three quarter time like? Uh, particularly after the year before, it was um, pretty hot and it was a very hot day. Um, I thought Hawthorne was starting to look a little bit tired. Uh, had a lot of players that had big bodies and heavy legs. Uh, we probably weren't that way. We had trained very hard for a good long four-year period. Uh, so I knew they'd come home fairly strongly. And, look, I think in the end, uh, Mark Harvey and Mark Thompson come off the ground, off the bench onto the ground, and they give us a couple of really good young fresh legs and uh, form really, really well. Yeah. Oh. And, then, and then went on to fantastic careers. Oh, certainly did. Certainly did. I mean, the whole host of them um, from these from these times went on to have magnificent careers. And uh, the next year, you just obliterated them in the grand final. We're talking about, you know, uh, Hawthorne, uh, you know, kicking 92 points in the grand final. And, you know, these days, that wins the grand final by about six goals. But on this day, they lose by 78. Well, we, we, our last quarters in 84 and 5 were outstanding, the best ever. I've been in grand finals. Yep. Um, I think we kicked nine goals, six in 84. I think we kicked 10 or 11 goals in uh, 85. And, uh, so it's okay if you're playing a very ordinary club or a side that was lucky to get in it, but Hawthorne are a great club. Yes. And, um, you know, for us to beat them the way we did was probably something that's always really got up and irked some of the Hawthorne mates that I have. You know, so we can't believe you beat us by that much. Normally, we were extremely competitive. Of course, they went on to some great grand finals, like the 89 grand final, where there was nothing in it and probably the greatest grand final played. Yes, and, and it was. It was just um, amazing. And then, was was there any sort of, uh, since that grand final, 85, was there any other games that you can remember in, you know, that the, um, against the Hawks um, post that period? Because you, you never played them in a grand final again. No, no, they beat us really uh, badly. It was a fantastic win by um, Alan Joyce. He was, I, I think it was 1992, and they smashed us at the MCG, something by about 26 goals. Right. And uh, I remember that day at halftime, I think uh, I think we were probably 10 goals at halftime, and I had a lot of kids in the team starting to redevelop another chance after we got beaten in 1990. We made the finals in 91, but I didn't think we could go on unless we put another injection of six players in the in the team. Uh, so anyway, you know, we end up playing all the six kids somewhere in the centre bounce or the corridor between the goal-to-goal line so that we just had only a little amount of time. I think it might have been around 18 or 19 in the MCG and they, they smashed us by a right. terrible score. Yeah, but we, we in the end we found some kids and we got up on the premiership about twenty eight games later. That's that's very true. It's a quick turnaround. Um, speaking of turnarounds, do you expect the um, bombers this year to turn around as quick? Well, I don't know because I'm not in the coaching area. No, um, so I'm watching it like all the fans and hoping that we do better. Um, so therefore, you know, we we played inconsistently. Um, I've always felt we need another 50 games for these young kids to come through. And I believe that our club should tell our fans that, look, we should be playing better. There's no doubt about that. We've got to be playing better, number one. Yeah. But sometimes when you lose one or two in a game or 
you've know, got four or five out, and we don't have the best list like Melbourne does or other clubs do. Uh, that will hurt us if we if we lose four or five or six experienced players. So my my issue is, and I'll, I'll say it openly, is that we always keep playing another another young player or two on top of the five we got in. So yeah. that's all right because I want to know that within thirty to fifty games in the next two years after this year, we're, we're a bit of a chance to have a good side. Right. So is there any... That's, that's, that's the way I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The local knockabout bomber fan like my father law drives me mad. Because <laughs> you've got to win every week. We can win every week and then I'll write you along and have one for 10 years. <laughs> that's true. Is there any um, of the kids that running around for the bombers, let's say, under 20 games, um, that has, has impressed you um, as much as well, and Sam, you think? Sam, Sam Draper to me is the most impressive player. Yep. I like I like at the club. I think he's very good. He's going to be an excellent player. He just needs some continued ruck training and forward line forward line um, training and goal kicking training. Uh, you know he's uh, he's a player that um, the club should really look forward to the future. Right, so he's the one. Yeah, okay, all on the Scotty Draper. Um, now I want to get to more broader issues, uh, Sheets. Um, uh, I won't but, tell you too much. I'll tell you a little bit, okay? <laughs> yes. Because you break the bubble, don't you? Uh, I do, yes. And uh, so You're having a bit of fun in the pie in the sky at the moment. Oh, you, okay? it is a brilliant feeling. I can tell you that. It is so good. Well, you and, better enjoy it. It might last long, you know. I know, I know. That's why I'm, I'm reaping every moment. It's And, you know, 14 <laughs> straight, you know, it's just been amazing. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, just on broader sort of sort of things, sheets. Um, we had Demetrio on, and we were talking about the um, uh, the seventeenth, li- uh, not seventeenth, nineteenth uh, license going, to, hopefully going to Tasmania at the end of this year. And well, he was saying that you must get a twentieth because there's no, you can't have an odd sort of number of teams. And I remember reading your piece, or you might have said it, that Newcastle is a t- town we should look at. I put a team in Newcastle, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, well, there's more people in Newcastle than the area than Tasmania. I've been been told by lots of uh, NRL supporters that a team just would not survive there because it's just pure um, NRL and rugby league and um, and all that. Would you you back it in, though? Well, they were never going to survive in Sydney, remember? Yes. Now they've got two teams in Sydney. Right. So I mean, they're going to talk out anything. Right. So Perfect positioning, marking my word, is on the map of Australia as you go up the East Coast step by step. Okay? Yep. Newcastle is one decent giant step in the population between there, Gold Coast and Brisbane. Okay? Right. Uh, and it's the, it's the nearest, biggest regional area that's going to get a million people before anywhere in Australia. Right. Well, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, we also mentioned uh, Northern Territory and maybe a team in Darwin. But There'll be a million people, and a million people's a good type of size population to expand the club. Right. Uh, and so you- I think that that would be the better area. See, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, obviously, no one oh, thought of that. Whatever you do, you don't... You, just remember this. You don't make sense 
sometimes. You're not allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> be, no, you get handed oh, for it. See, see, common sense is very difficult. Yep. And then... But that one, obviously, clearly, because obviously population growth and that, this is why we went to the Gold Coast and out of Western Sydney where you, you were for a while. Um, you know, that's where the growth area is. And, and then the next one, you know, maybe Newcastle. So that's that's amazing. Um, now, tell us, uh, speaking of the Giants, or at least I'll touch on then, Leon Cameron, um, do you expect him to stay at the Giants or what are, you, what are your thoughts with them? Well, I, I think he's done a stable job up there. Go yeah. on. The new club in Sydney, and, you know, he's nearly been in two grand finals in his first seven years. And this one by a kick, the Bulldogs beat them, and then went on and won the Premiership. He only beat Giants by a kick. He's had a whole team of people taken off him because every Melbourne and other club around Australia couldn't handle the Giants looking that good that quick, so they stole all their players, this included. And and then he made a grand final against Richmond where they got bullied because Richmond had been at their peak for that grand final. I mean, Richmond were feeling that good within themselves. They picked a one-game play and he played the premiership, Marlon Pickett. Yes. <laughs> so that's how good. So my comment on all of that is that the Giants have done pretty well. They certainly have. What are you, what are you making of, of him at the moment? Uh, to me, from the, from where I'm sitting, it looks like he's exhausted by the role and um, it's been, you know, an amazing sort of ride that he's been on. I think it's nine years. Um, have, have you, do you... Can you see that in him, that the, maybe the job's just gotten a bit big for him? No, I don't. No, no? I don't, but, you know, everybody sees in themselves... Uh, um, a reason to kick coaches' heads in. There are not many back great coaches around, you know. No. People don't understand that. I mean, if you look at, I said, you know, probably Chris Scott's been there, won a premiership in his first year, hasn't won one in a decade. Uh, Teddy Hickley, not won one in a decade. Gee whiz. You know, you look at Ross Lyon, a damn good coach, never, never won one in 13 years. Um... You know, so when you actually start looking around, you keep saying to yourself, well, it was, how hard is it to win a premiership? Um, and it is very, very hard. And, and, of course, as soon as you win four, they sack you. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that poor little, you know, cheeky little coach at Hawthorne. <laughs> yes. So um, they say, look, go on a holiday around the world and find out what you want to do with your life. So... Um, so to me, I find that the way they treat coaches is quite incredible, to be honest. Yes. And, and do, you, do you expect that uh, cheeky little coach, who, Coach Hawthorne, um, to coach again next year? Well, I hope so, because the game misses him. He's a very good, he's a very good coach. Yes. You know, uh, I know in my time, I, I was told the other day at a function there was 100 coaches turned over in my time at Essendon. That's unbelievable. That's crazy, yeah. Yeah. Well, Richmond turned over 12, I think. <laughs> that, that would, yeah, that, that, them and Melbourne turned it into a sport, I think. Well, I just got no patience on people. And, of course, we all know the premiership's the one that we want. But yes. You don't have to create a bloodbath after it when you know you've got some good coaches. And sometimes in Geelong and Richmond are showing you the way that it might take the eighth year to win one for a little bit longer, depending on how bad the club was before the coach picked them up. 
Yeah, no, you're quite right there. Um, now, Sheet, did we let you go, mate? Um, you got a function at Churnside Park this weekend. Oh, there'll be one there somewhere. I might put my head in the door, but um, I live in the local area. It's great to uh, see um, a lot of footy clubs doing well out in the Eastern District and uh, out of northeastern and eastern sub- suburbs. Great to see the mighty park parkours and sharks up in First Division doing well. And, and not only that, in my side, has produced a, play, a player like Petrarca. Well, that's just a fantastic <laughs> achievement. So... I get around some of the local clubs and do functions for them, which is great. Yes. And uh, meet some of the really uh, fantastic people. And I've helped develop our game in the ranks, and, and that's what I enjoy about it. The last four or five days, um, last weekend, we toured around Victoria, 1,550 kilometres, and took the four Premiership Cups around to... Uh, well, we went to Lean Gaffer, then we went to Rolgan, Mansfield to the school there. That was fantastic to talk to 100 kids at the Mansfield Secondary School. Up to Cobra and Machuca, over to Horsham, down to Ballarat, and finished off at Warnerville. Right, that's a fair so trip. That was a, that was a monster trip for everybody at the club. There was about 10 of us, 12 of us, right. in, in and out of those towns, but... You know, it was a big trip for uh, myself, I was sure. <laughs> I can imagine. Hey, um, now that I know that you're a local, though, Sheets, um, I might have to get you on a bit more. Well, it depends on how the ravery views are after <laughs> your interview. Well, I think so they're going to be... If I, hear, if I hear that they're going to go, well... And I might try you again, okay? Well, that's good. Well, one of the guys, I'm sure, the guy that I normally do the show with, there was and there's uh, the Oracle, and uh, the Oracle's a mad bomber, so he's um, he's shattered that he couldn't make it into tonight. Well, where's the Oracle tonight? Is he at church? Is he? Uh, he could be, but I'm trying. I think he's uh, locked up in his bedroom uh, with the, with uh, the horrible COVID nineteen. Tell him it's only a Chinese flu. Get over it. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. No worries. Thanks, mate. Thanks so much, Sheets. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. <laughs> Kevin Sheedy, AFL Hall of Fame legend of the game. Oh, gee, we could chat for hours.